write a book. Take what you know and encapsulate it. Likely, there's a lot of people that have that same problem and take that one problem and present your solution in a book. Welcome to Be Bold Branding, where we discuss the power of differentiating yourself through your own unique story and standout personal brand. When it comes to attracting the right prospects for your business, one thing is an absolute requirement, and that's credibility. But how do you prove that you're credible before you even meet someone? Well, one thing you can do is showcase your expertise in a book, a course, or a webinar, or maybe all three. We've done all three, and we can definitely attest to the fact that it provides amazing credibility before connecting with somebody. That's why we're excited about our guest today. He's D. Scott Smith, and his new book is called Influence, The Creation of Credibility. Welcome to Be Bold Branding, Scott. <laughs> Michael, Tanya, thank you so much. What an honor to be here with you on the show. I was yeah. just thinking about, uh, you talk about branding. And I had a client years ago that owned a Harley Davidson dealership. And obviously, Harley is really good about their branding. They know who their customer is. But they would say the the owner of the dealership said that by the time one of their clients came in to actually purchase a motorcycle, they had already spent that much on T-shirts and belts and jackets and, you know, boots and everything that is Harley Davidson branded. So mm -hmm. anyway, it's agreed. It's one of the greatest brands ever is Harley Davidson. What a story. What yeah. a story. And that's true. You know, I didn't even think about that all of the merchandise that they buy before they even really become a customer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Fascinating. Yeah. I can tell a funny story about that. My grandmother, because she passed in like 2010 and uh, was born in like 1926, I think. And so she saw a lot of changes, you know, that she would not understand about the world we live in today. But I remember being about 10 years old and I had a Reebok t-shirt on and she goes, son, did they pay you for that? And I went, what? Does, what? She goes, do they pay you? Does Reebok send you a check for wearing? I'm like, no. She goes, I wouldn't advertise for anybody that didn't pay me. <laughs> <laughs> you got to love grandma, Absolutely. right? Isn't that great? <laughs> NASCAR, NASCAR got it right, right? This is like, you want you want your name on my jacket? Yeah, no problem. Yeah. You can pay for it. But, you uh, can pay me. <laughs> yeah, oh, most yeah. of us don't. Oh, no. and here's, here's a NASCAR side note. So I grew up in Dawsonville, Georgia. It's a tiny town and absolutely love growing up there. But it was known for two things, being the moonshine capital of the world and where stock car racing actually got its start. Nice. Because that's why the old moonshiners, you know, found the mechanics that could make their cars go faster to run from the law. And that's actually without question where stock car racing got its start. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll have yeah. a different view next time I watch a race. Isn't <laughs> that fascinating? I'll know what they're <laughs> yeah. really doing. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Running from the law, exactly. right? Exactly. Scott, Absolutely. tell us what motivated you to write this book. You know, it, it's one of those things that uh, so many people want to do. They want to write a book. Uh, few people do it. But the world today, it's so easy. And, you know, right here on the podcast, we'll tell people exactly what they need to do to be able to uh, write and publish their book, not just write it. Because a lot of people can write a book, you got manuscripts in the closet on your hard drive somewhere, but actually publishing it is so easy. So we have something to say, 
I had something to say, so I wanted to publish a book. And also, it's a part of your legacy. And Michael, you mentioned your, your grandmother. Imagine she had written a book about her life and the things that she'd seen. Mm-hmm. How important would that be to you and to pass on to generations after you? Oh, yeah. Invaluable. So it's a huge part. Yeah, yeah it, it is. And I can tell you from some personal experience, Scott, that last year I wrote my dad's memoir. And it was called The Raising of a Rebel, 12 Turning Points from a Child of Alcoholics. Mm -hmm. So that's the dark side of being raised in a moonshine family, right? (laughs) But it's something that he tells me thank you for almost Mm -hmm. every time I speak to him to this day. And I wrote it probably a year ago. Mm -hmm. And it is a legacy that lives on forever, you know, if we think about that and your expertise, you know, coming back to the business side of things, expertise is there for everybody to realize forever, right? Mm-hmm. It's amazing. And I can tell you when I first decided I was going to write the Brand Face book series, the very mm-hmm. first book, I went into it with my eyes wide open and I'd really like you to address this, right? This was my thought process. So, you know, I would love to know your thoughts on it. When I went into it, I realized, okay, I'm not going into this to get rich off of a book. I'm not planning on, you know, selling millions of books, being the next Stephen King. Mm-hmm. I'm really just planning on utilizing this tool for credibility in my business. Yes, and what exactly. would you say to people that on the flip side think, oh, I'm going to like get rich off selling a bunch of books? You know, it's it's absolutely true. There are a few people who will make money on their book, but That's it's true. a few it's a few people and it's a lot of work. That basically has to be your job is marketing your book. Mm-hmm. Even wh- whether you self-publish or you get a gig with a, one of the big publishing houses, it's all on you. They may arrange a book sell a book signing somewhere. You have to pay for your way to get there and pay for everything when you're there. You have to get all your books. I mean, it's it's all on you. So that is a that's a full time job. If you're a coach or a consultant and and you're working, that's how you make money. Uh, the book is not how you make money, but the right. book helps open doors. Some people call it a thick business card, but it's it's a little bit more than that because you have a particular expertise. I mean, you've synthesized what you know. So Tanya, you go to school, you take formal classes, you pay for education, you take workshops, webinars, uh, you read books, you do all that stuff. But the benefit is, is that with inside your brain, you have synthesized this information as something that no one else in the universe has ever done. That mm-hmm. You have a perspective that no one else has ever had. This is what you want to capture. It's a synthesis of your knowledge and expertise. Yeah, I'd love that too. And you know, it fits with personal branding so well because you learn a lot, right? About the person who wrote that book and that, mm-hmm. as you're saying, their perspective on that particular subject. Because as you're reading through that book, be it a small book, a large book, whatever, you're learning a lot about that author. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's not just the how-to, but it's the author It's the personality. And Mm -hmm. when we work with people and we know the common phrase is no like, and trust. Well, how did they get to know and like you, let alone trust you, especially Mm -hmm. Tanya, you, you broke this up really well in the beginning. You know, if your name is Malcolm Gladwell or Seth Godin, people are saying, I hope my problem is big enough that they'll be willing to work with me. But for us mortals, 
how do we how do we do that? How do yep. we bring it? How do we bring credibility? Well, we talk a lot about that when we build personal brands too, because your personal brand precedes you, right? Mm-hmm. And having a book or some form of expertise in your pocket, right, is just part of that personal brand. Your personal brand is infused into that product. Yes. So, you know, I love it. And people used to say, Oh, how many books have you sold? How much money did you make off of your books? And we say, You know what? <laughs> That's a fair question. And we always say we haven't made very much money off from selling our books at all, but we've made a lot of money from Mm -hmm. our books. Yeah, Yeah, our goal with (laughs) the books was always just to sell enough to be able to afford sending more out. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, it does provide that credibility tool to then get you on world stages, get you on podcasts, Mm -hmm. get you indoors. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. You know, yeah. it's so important. And I was just saying, my wife was invited to a conference and she was talking to the event organizer and the organizer was was telling her about the keynote speaker. And she goes, and she's, you know, got this credential and that credential. And the phrase was, and she's written a book. <laughs> now, here's the crazy thing. You write a book. I mean, you kind of hope that people are going to read it, but here's the truth. Most people will not read your book. Um, the event organizer uh, hadn't read the book that the that this uh, keynote speaker had written. She didn't even know the title of the book. She just knew she was a published author. Mm-hmm. And so imagine if, if I'm getting introduced on a stage and they say, okay, our next speaker is Scott Smith. And uh, he's got an ebook uh, on his website. You can go download it. Well, you know, right? But... If they say our next speaker is Scott Smith, author of Influence, Creation of Credibility, available on Amazon. Totally different game. Different. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Completely totally different. different. Yeah. And you instantly have, to your point, the credibility of the people that are listening to you. And I know like your expertise began in business networking, right? That was uh, the first book that I wrote was on business networking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you say that it's still the most effective and efficient form of marketing. And that we oh, would agree with that. Yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. You know, it's uh, one of the things is, is that, and I, and I love that you guys do personal branding because everybody needs to do that. They need to understand that and embrace that because by the way, you're a big deal, right? Mm. And just live with it. Cause here's the deal. Here's the, here's the differenti- uh, differentiation. We can have competent people. You can work with a coach, a consultant, and they're competent. But the difference between a arrogant person and a confident person is that the arrogant person takes and the confident person gives. Mm-hmm. So you can get up and you can say, you know what? I'm really good at what I do. But if you're, you know, if you're a generous person, you're confident. And that's, that's fine. So go ahead and embrace who you are. Write your book. Tell people, look, I have some expertise and it helps people. So uh, I'm not going to withhold this knowledge. I'm going to put it in a book. Yeah, I like that. I like that description too. That's really good, actually. And it boils down to that arrogance and confidence is really important. And I think that that would hold some people back, don't you think, for that reason? Oh, I don't want to be seen arrogant. I don't want to 
know, but I love your explanation of that because we run into that too. We, we deal with clients and sometimes their reservation is going to be like, well, I'm going to put my face out there everywhere and I'm just going to seem arrogant. And we're like, no, you have something to share. Uh, you have knowledge that you gain through expertise or study or mm-hmm. both. And you need to put it out there. You feel called to put it out there. So, you know, you're, you're your own worst enemy. Um, you yes. need to get busy. <laughs> Somebody needs to hear it. You know, I, I really like too. There's a thought process that's floating around right now that I love, and it's not that we on this even this podcast. It is not that we are speaking to tens of people, or hundreds of people, or thousands of people, or millions of people. We're talking to one person that needs to hear this today. Yes. And the book, it works the exact same way. You know, if you could write a book and then one person get a hold of that book and even to your point, don't don't even maybe not even read it. Maybe they just skim it. They may get something that changes their life out of it. And you were the one that provided that. And that brings us really down to what is what should be the content of your book? I will say in the old days when books were sold in bookstores when people would go into Barnes and Noble or whichever your corner bookstore was. The size of your book mattered. You needed to have a Mm -hmm. spine that was big enough to put something bold and eye-catching on there. So when people came by and they they were looking through and all they were seeing was the spines of the books, they had something thick, right? You needed a 250-page book. But here's the deal. (laughs) Most people today won't read a 250-page book. And even if you do get a a sizable book, and I will just, I'll, I'll put a plug out for James Clear and his book, Atomic Habits. Very popular. A lot of people know that book. There's essentially one thing that I took away from that book, and that is we don't rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our systems. Mm. Right? No, Very well good. put. No, the good quote. But think about and it. If that's, that's the only thing that you learn from that book, is that not worth it? Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. But why don't we publish a short book that solves one problem for one ideal customer? Just lay out the one problem, give them a solution and let them implement right away. And we don't need 200 pages to do that. You can do that in 20 to 40 pages because the size of your book is the same as every other book that's out there because Amazon is the world's largest book seller. So they just show thumbnails. So it doesn't matter whether your book is 20 pages or 200 pages, it's the same size. Mm -hmm. It really comes down to what's the content and make it approachable for people. They can get in, solve the problem and move on. Yes. Yes. And you know, I got to say this like brought back a memory for me being a, a serial entrepreneur, even when I was a kid, like middle school. And I'd say I'm, you know, something like 13, 14 years old, maybe 15, but not quite. Cause I don't think I was in high school yet. And I'm like thinking in my mind, I'm like, okay, my buddies are doing newspaper routes and their other guys cutting grass and stuff. And I was doing some of that. And, and I'm like, no, there's gotta be a better way. There's gotta be a better way. And I can't remember where I stumbled up on it, but I sent off and paid like eight bucks plus $3 shipping for a book about how to refurbish batteries. I don't even know if you know this story. No, and they, I do and, not. And so uh, I was all excited about this because I thought, well, you know, my dad owned a car lot. There's all these batteries around. I can just buy the acid. It can't be that hard. I can figure this thing out. The whole story was when the book came, it was just photocopies of all this instruction that this engineer that knew batteries. He had 30 years experience in building batteries and working for a battery plant. He knew everything there was to know about car batteries and any other battery that you could refurbish, but it wasn't a cover. 
It wasn't a hardcover. There wasn't, you know, but technically he gave me what I asked for. And I, I mm-hmm. guarantee you that I've got that in a file somewhere. Now I scrapped the business because, it, you know, I wasn't going to read through all that engineering stuff, but uh, you know, I went back to cutting grass. But the point that I'm making is even back then through mail order, that guy was providing information of his expertise to people mm-hmm. that was willing to pay for it. And I was That's a 14 right. year old kid willing to pay for it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, one of the inspirations on this short form content and how powerful it can be is a lady named Barbara Carnes. She's a registered nurse. And back in uh, the early 80s, she was working in the hospice industry. So end of life. What she found was the families had the same questions. And so she was answering that every family she worked with. She said, you know, I'm just going to put this, I'm just going to write this up into a little publication. 15 pages, 1985. She published a 15-page book called Gone From My Sight. Wow. Um, 80-some million copies later. Wow. So... You know, the the people that are dealing with an end of the life for a family member or for themselves, they don't need 300 pages of stories of other people's lives and and all these anecdotes and stuff. It's just like, you know what? Just tell me what I need to know. What do I need to do? How can I help? And 15 pages is what it took. Yeah, that's That's incredible. Because she answered a need, a great need. Yes, and I mean, I can't imagine a greater need than that, than a family that is in grief and suffering and wondering, okay, what happens next? How does mm-hmm. this whole process go? I've been through that. Michael's been through that. Mm-hmm. So, but it's not surprising to me the number of copies sold with that, I must say. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I would like to just throw a little bit of personal experience out here to encourage you guys to call Scott because I didn't have a Scott. Mm-hmm. And when we went through this the first time around, it is work. Even mm-hmm. if it's a short book, it's work if you don't have somebody who knows the process. Because I had to go out and search all these things for myself. And this was, what, 11 years ago now that the first book came out. And I had to go search all of these things and figure out, you know, in what order and what to pay for and what not to pay for. And it was excruciating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, the cool thing that you do is you help do exactly what you're talking about. You mm-hmm. provide the solution to a great need for a lot of coaches and consultants out there who want a way to showcase their expertise, but they don't have the time nor the desire to go look up all of those details themselves. And I can speak to that and say, if there's anything, if, if you guys are considering writing a book or creating a webinar a course, you need to call Scott. Scott, we probably just need to paste your phone number up here on this. I can't say Happy it strongly it. enough. And it's such a great prospecting tool. Like it's, yes. it's unbelievable. And really and truly as business people, when we start advertising, we start growing our businesses, even if you're a one person shop, you're going to have cost of acquisition of your customers. And, and that might include radio or billboards or Facebook ads or Google ads or wh- wherever you're going to be out there procuring the next potential customer and having a book at your disposal that costs you a few dollars to ship to somebody as just saying, hey, you know, thought I wanted to share this with you. You know, maybe I saw mm-hmm. a post or something where you asked this question. Everybody else is trying to answer it. You've sent them something that's tangible, quick, always memorable whether they read it or not, 
you know, even if they throw it up on a shelf, they're going to run across that shelf. Uh, That's right. It's there forever. It's so dexterity is everything. So we highly encourage a, as part of your building of your brand. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to take a moment here on the podcast to tell people exactly what to do because it's free. You can do it for free. I mean, you can buy my book, Influence. Great. Uh, I have a free course on my website that'll help you out. Uh, you can join my mastermind, what, you know, but here's all you do. You go to kdp.amazon.com. That's Kindle Direct Publishing, kdp.amazon.com. You set up an account, you download the Kindle Create program. You take the document, your book that you've written in Word, you import it, you do some formatting, you upload it to your KDP account, and then you put a cover in and you can either, you can do like I did, make it on your fake Photoshop program, or they have a cover creating program there. You can do it and then you hit publish and that's it. And it's free, right? It's right. free. Yeah. And then you can even do, uh, you can even format the paper version because this is setting up the Kindle, but you can set up the the uh, paper version. So this is a book that we did, uh, Veronica Jeans and I, uh, we did this in less than three months. It addresses one problem. Uh, so this book, Freeze in Action in the Face of a Business Crisis. And uh, these books, so you can see, it's a, it's a thin book and it's just mm -hmm. got uh, the stuff in it, but author copies of this are less than two and a half bucks. Yep. So I can go on yes. Amazon and I can say, oh, well, let's send a copy to Michael and I'll send a copy to Tanya and it costs me five bucks, free shipping, print on demand, very little outlay for me. I'm five bucks into it. You now have in your hand a copy of my book. So it's dead simple and it's free. Can't beat it. Can't beat free. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, Scott, I want to ask you something. Uh, you also talk about being a motivational listener. Let's talk about that for a second. What do you mean by being a motivational listener? All right. So I have to talk about the uh, origin of the phrase, because first of all, uh, it is a pattern interrupt, right? We're used to motivational speaker, motivational listener. It causes people to stop and, and take notes. So that's a good thing. And there's some brain science around that. And uh, maybe we'll have a moment to talk about that. But the phrase motivational listener came about in 2016. Uh, somebody asked my wife. Christine, what, what do you do? And she said, very accurately, I'm a motivational listener. And I said, I love that. And I will always give you full credit because I am a good husband, just like I'm doing right now. Right? Um, <laughs> but I'm stealing that. So in 2016, I stole it. And uh, I used it. I was a speaker at the Social Media Summit in Dublin, Ireland. The topic of my uh, talk that was the psychology and physiology of relationships and telling brands that we needed to be motivational listeners when we we're interacting with our audience, specifically in online situations. And the interesting thing was that I took the academic research out there and proved that the relationships that we create digitally can be just as strong as those that we create face-to-face. And of course, with the pandemic, we've had this uh, nearly three-year uh, global laboratory that actually proved that to be true. Mm -hmm. uh, and so anyway, I use that as the basis for the first book uh, focused on business networking. And so uh, motivational listener is a, a skill set that allows you to connect to people. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I do too. I love it. So what one piece of advice would you give our listeners about personal branding? I think I might know what this is. 
<laughs> oh, personal branding. Well, I tell you, I would always defer to the expert on that. Uh, but write a book. Take what you know and encapsulate it. And if you said, you know, Scott, I don't know what to write about. Look, here's what you do. Go back over your calendar or your phone logs, whatever you do for the last week or month or so. Somewhere along the line, someone called up and said, Michael, can you help me with? Because you have expertise in that area. And so, and you solve their problem. Well, likely there's a lot of people that have that same problem and know that Michael is the person to turn to for that or Tanya, you're the person to turn to. Then take that one problem and present your solution in a book. And I'll just say, here's the, here's the, the outline for your book because I just give it away, right? Here's the, a hook, describe the problem. So capture, capture their attention, then describe the problem in such a way that people think, were you eavesdropping on me? Because that's exactly what we were talking about. Because the psychology says that the person who can accurately and clearly describe a problem must also know the solution. So now you're building your credibility. Now, guide them from the problem description to the solution that you have to offer. And what you're doing there is you're telling people, here's all the other solutions that are out there, including doing nothing. But here's all the reasons why they were inadequate. I tried this, I tried that, but just didn't really do what I wanted to do. That's why, and now you introduced, that's why I came up with my solution. That's why we created Brandface, because the other solutions out there were inadequate. They weren't addressing the problems correctly. They weren't uh, holistic enough, or they cost too much, or whatever the problem was, and that's why you created it. And then you have an ask, because after now you've given them the solution. You told them, here's what you do. but when you sell a book on Amazon, Amazon is very smart. They don't share the name and email contact of the person who brought your book. But in a digital book, you can put a hyperlink in there. And this is where you want to create a course. And so you say, you know, I've given you the solution to the problem, but let's actually implement it in your business. Click here, go to my free course, it, and it'll allow you to take these and apply them directly to your business. And that's gated content. So you capture their email and give them a free course. Now you can add them to the list. And uh, follow the brand face rules. Make sure everything is online. The cover of your book, the style of your writing, the, the type of, of course that you have, the way you present it, then people will feel comfortable because uh, familiarity is really important in building that no like and trust. It Great sure advice. Is. Great advice. And and then call Scott. <laughs> That's what they need to do. <laughs> I would love to work with people. I learned so much uh, from the folks out there. I mean, there are some remarkable people that we get to come in contact with and the That's insights true. that they have mm -hmm. inspiring. Yeah, that's for sure. That's, so it, that's what true. we love the most about what we do, too. You know, so we asked this question for a little bit for that purpose of all our of all of our guests. Uh, if our listeners have the freedom to visit anywhere in the world, what place would you recommend to them to visit and why? <laughs> a place in the world, a physical place in the world, physical place you, in the world. I will tell you that uh, the place uh, for me is Egypt. And, and the reason is, is I'm fascinated by ancient cultures. And one of the things that I, that I found in the, the light study of history that I've done is, is that people have not changed. 
the technology around us, uh, obviously that has changed. Uh, Andy Rooney, the great uh, essayist from uh, 60 Minutes way oh, yeah. back, he said that uh, computers make writing easier, but they don't make writing better, right? <laughs> the, the people are the same. Mm -hmm. The technology has changed. So uh, go to Egypt, ancientness of that culture. So just to, just to put it into perspective, so the people who are familiar with the, the Bible story about uh, the Israelites going to Egypt, when they got to Egypt, the pyramids were already old and the people who built them were forgotten. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. Yep. It's on our bucket list. Yeah, that's Couldn't a good Couldn't agree one. more. Yeah, it's, Egypt's definitely on our bucket list for, the, for those reasons alone, uh, the ancient thought process of that. Because I, too, Excellent. am an uh, ancient historian. I love the world history and how we ended up... Uh, where we are today. And mm -hmm. you cannot have that discussion without discussing Egypt. <laughs> so true. So true. So Scott, tell everybody where they can um, learn more about you. Yeah. So uh, a great way to go is to my website. That's dscottsmith.com. And you can register for the free course there. It's an email sequence. It works like a mastermind, tells you what you're going to do, celebrates your success, and then sets you up for the next week progress. And it will allow you to publish your book, online course, webinar, and do that in 12 weeks or less. Uh, and you can learn more about me. You can find links there to LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, whatever way you want to communicate is the way I'll communicate with you. dscottsmith.com. Ah, uh, Scott, thank you so much for taking your time with us today. I totally believe in everything you are doing because we have lived it. But we just didn't have you when we lived it, right? <laughs> we have, we have raked in the benefits of it, thank goodness, and learned that what you're saying is absolutely true. We just wish we'd had you then. So we recommend call Scott, right? We thank you so much for your time. I am humbled. Thank you so much. Brought to you by Brandface the only comprehensive personal brand building system across the globe.